0: And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team,
1: by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just swim, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we begin on a Monday coming off the Super Bowl on what I believe is a glorious day, an absolute glorious day in the Raider Nation. Raider fans all over the world, excuse me, know all over the world that there's no longer talk of a dynasty in Kansas City at all. The talk of a dynasty is over in Kansas City. It is over. The Kansas City Chief talk of a dynasty is dead. As we speak as they've won one Super Bowl in the last 3 years are now going down in history as a pedestrian Super Bowl team. They won one, they were trailing late against the 49ers, they won it. Congratulations to them. They're not Super Bowl 3 with name it, they're not Super Bowl 15 with the Raiders. They're not any of the Brady championships including the last one. If we look at Kansas City going forward, they'll be back. They're probably going to play in other Super Bowls. They're probably going to be in a position to win again, right in front of the Raiders here. But the talk of the dynasty is dead. There's quiet in the Chiefs' kingdom, and the Raider Nation should at least be, not celebrating, but the Raider Nation should be popping off a bit and having a good day today. Because the other side of this, which is what I led up to talking to you about over the last two weeks, which I went all in on, The other side of this would have been very ugly. It would have been very ugly today if Kansas City won by the score that Tampa Bay won. And we had to deal with this Chiefs kingdom crap going forward for the next couple of months. It would have sucked. It would have been bad for business. It would have been bad for Las Vegas. You know it, but I had the balls to say it for two weeks as others sat on the fence, okay? This was a huge, huge story for Raider business And for the Raiders going forward, Davis family versus the Hunt family. Chiefs Kingdom versus Raider Nation. Hall of Famers and legends galore. Battling heads. This was a big deal. I like to pretend, or at least believe, that I play a very small part in defending the front line of the Raider Nation, giving more Raider fans than any radio host ever the opportunity to talk on the radio For now going on 25 years this Memorial Day. And it's all been Raider talk for most of the time. Raider Nation put me on the map with the radio and my jobs and my career currently. And I thank them as much as I can. If you're a Raider fan and you've hung out with me over the years, you know that I thank the Raider Nation for everything they've done for me. Everything. Because without the Raider Nation, I don't have radio shows. I don't have podcasts. I don't got the TV show. I don't get the lifestyle that I have working for the team and it's not going to last forever and it's a portion of my life that I have gratitude with and I greatly appreciate. So you better believe on a day like today. You better believe on a day like today and last night when I was on the air that I was going to pound the Chiefs into the ground for that gutless performance. That beat down that they got on Super Bowl Sunday. My goal My goal over the last two weeks was Kansas City to lose at all costs. Right? If you tuned in, you heard that with me. I had one goal. Let's wipe out Kansas City and get this dynasty talk out of the way. I have a PhD in dynasties. I grew up a Yankee fan with a dad and a grandfather who went through the Yankee dynasties, plural. So I grew up with a PhD in dynasties. I know what a dynasty is. A lot of people don't. A lot of people win one, and they start talking dynasty. They start talking greatest of all time. They start talking about the next GOAT in Patrick Mahomes and all of this. Oh, no, no. You don't get that by me. I have a PhD in legacy and dynasties. I can debate LeBron versus Jordan. I can debate Babe Ruth versus Bonds. I can do that blindfolded. So you better believe I caught this Chiefs' kingdom crap coming for years from going to Kansas City, working for the Raiders, and watching this. And if you watch the Al Davis 30 for 30, which I know you did, you would easily see that the Raiders have a much bigger arc in NFL history than the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos and the Chargers. But I guess no one talks about that other than me. I talk about this for a living. I understand the difference between the 1960 Raiders and Al Davis and the greatest players to play in the greatest games with the Hall of Famers. Oh, by the way, Tom Flores, Charles Woodson, the Iceman. We'll get into Tom Flores the next couple of days on this broadcast. But I know that the Raiders have gone through dark times. I know that the Raiders haven't won recently. I understand that. I interview all the players. We got two-time Super Bowl champ Kenny King at the bottom of the hour. This isn't my first rodeo. I've done this before. But what's happened over the last 20 years with Peyton Manning to Denver and Patrick Mahomes to Kansas City is those fan bases are starting to believe they're more important than the Raiders because some of their fans are 20, 25, 30 years old. They weren't around for the 1960s and 70s and 80s and 90s Raiders. They weren't there for that. So they don't know that history. And quite frankly, as I always said, We're becoming a softer and softer sports society by the minute. So less people care about the past. People care about what just happened two weeks ago or two months ago. So I bring the passion every day to Raider Nation Radio and try to remind people that there is a proud history, that there are great teams. They were the greatest team in the NFL Even though they lost all those championship games, they had the best winning percentage. Y'all saw it in the Al Davis 30 for 30. You saw the history of the Raiders. And more and more people, even friends of mine, who weren't into sports a lot. And I'm happy I have friends like that. And they texted me and said, I had no idea. I had no idea you worked for this team with Al Davis, and he had that big of a vision. Yeah. I said, this is what it's been about. This is the greatest part about the Raiders. So I'm all fired up today. Because I think in the big picture, Kansas City getting beat is the equivalent of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson only winning one ring. They were supposed to win five in a row, easily four out of five. They won three out of five. The Warriors and the Splash Brothers have a legitimate dynasty, but barely. And they brought in Kevin Durant to make sure that they had it, which is fine. You know, Tampa Bay brought in Tom Brady. There's nothing wrong with bringing in players to ring chase or get a ring. Brady doesn't chase rings. He just wins them. So with all of this combined, I sat here nationally on Sirius XM and locally on Raider Nation Radio and had to put up with all this Kansas City Chief crap since Mahomes come into the league. And they deservingly are a great team. And Andy Reid's a hell of a coach. He's friends with Coach Gruden. And the Hunt family's done a lot. But I don't respect those fans in Kansas City the way I respect the fans from Oakland, Los Angeles, London, Tokyo, the global Raider Nation. They were here much earlier than Kansas City, and they're a much more dominant fan base globally. So I believe it is my job to carry that small flame, tiny flame, inside of that massive torch. Because I didn't play for the team. I didn't grow up a Raider fan. I don't deserve all this. So for having this opportunity, you better believe on a day like today and tomorrow, two parts, part one and tomorrow part two, as we are going to crush the living daylights out of Kansas City. We're going to pour in over the walls like a scene of Game of Thrones. We are going to make it be heard because they're coming at me in Kansas City after my tweet calling them a pedestrian Super Bowl team. They've accomplished nothing. They won one Super Bowl. Hip, hip, hooray. Everybody's won almost one Super Bowl. How could you not? They've won two total 50 years apart. But I'm just talking about the new version that came up in the marketing gimmick, Chiefs Kingdom, because they didn't have a Raider Nation. And even Jim Nance last night on the, who I think is great, on the podium going Bucks Nation to the Glazers. Give me a break. There's only one nation. It's the Raider Nation. They had it first. But people, they, they forget. So... As I sit here and I'm ranting like a lunatic from home today because of COVID-19 and protocols in the studio, I will say this again. I love being in the position that I'm in, opening up the gate to let the Raider Nation rush in on any topic. I'm not going to do the rumors and the gossip and a lot of that stuff. You know who I am by now. You want to take a shot at this. You want 70 questions and 69 of them to be mean at the coach or the owner. I can't change those people. But you find me anyone in Raider history that put this many Raider fans on the radio to sound off like they got a pair. And you should all be lining up at 702-365-9200 to blast Kansas City because they're listening. I know they're listening. And you should remind them that they're not you, they're not the Raiders. Now, will they be back? Of course they'll be back. But you think Kansas City's in a better position now to win and build the dynasty when they were three years ago? No way, baby. No way. Just win, baby. No way with Kansas City. They lost the AFC championship game to Tom Brady on an offsides call. They didn't go to the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl after they should have got beat in three playoff games. Should have got beat. They were down big. Most teams would have won. Most teams would have won. They were up big. And Kansas City came back, and they were trailing with six minutes to go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. And they came back, and they won that Super Bowl. And then they got humiliated. They got humiliated and embarrassed in the Super Bowl last night. They were humiliated and embarrassed. Fact, not fiction. You want to call that homerism? You don't have a right to do that. I got the scores of every Super Bowl in front of me. They were bleeping humiliated last night. So anybody talking about a chief dynasty? Anybody talking about what coulda, shoulda, woulda? I don't do shoulda, coulda, woulda radio. I deal in facts. I deal in facts. Facts. Okay, so enough of this Kansas City Chiefs kingdom. Can they come here next year and beat the Raiders? Of course they can. Are they going to be the favorite to win the AFC West? Of course they are. But it's important to point out that they're not who we thought they were. You remember that saying? Put that in a promo in 3-2-1. and one. The Kansas City Chiefs are not who we thought they were. They are a pedestrian Super Bowl team that won one Super Bowl in 50 years. That's it. They haven't done anything great. They're not better than Brady, old man Brady at 43. Their Super Bowl team last year, how about this for a hook, their Super Bowl team last year is nowhere near as good as Tampa Bay Super Bowl this year, nowhere near as good as Brady's New England Super Bowl championship teams, Nowhere as good as anything Montana did, right? So I, I just gave you the Montana dynasty. I gave you the Brady dynasty. Okay, I'll go to the Lombardi dynasty, Super Bowl one and two, and what they did as a legendary team. I'll go to Terry Bradshaw. You ever hear of him and his four Super Bowls? I'll go to the Raiders from Super Bowl eleven to eighteen, eleven to eighteen. The the Super Bowl fifteen <clears throat> team. Excuse me or 18, or 11 could be your favorite Raiders Super Bowl team of all time. I don't know which one it is, but I would easily say that two of the Raiders' three, if not all three of the Raiders' Super Bowl championship teams, are better than Kansas City's one. Oh, do you ever hear of Troy Aikman and the triplets? Oh, you forgot Troy Aikman and the triplets? That's three. That's three Super Bowls more impressive and a dynasty better than what Kansas City has. So, as I sit here, and I'm a little bit freestyling like Eminem coming off a big show, I will tell you I'm done with this Chiefs kingdom crap. If they come back and win and restore it and win two out of the next three and then three out of the next four, I'll tip my cap and we'll play this back and we'll say, wow, JT was wrong again. Who cares if I'm wrong? Who cares? I get paid to have opinions, very strong opinions. I'm not a gambler. I don't get paid to get everything right and wrong. I get paid to have strong opinions. That's it. And my opinion is the Chiefs' kingdom and the dynasty talk is dead. I don't think they're going back. I think they're going to have cap hits. I think they're going to lose players. I think players are going to want to play in Las Vegas at the Death Star with no state taxes more so than in Kansas City. I never thought Andy Reid was a great coach in regards to X's and O's and, and clock management, which he proved yesterday. He's good. He's very good. He's a, co- he's a player's coach, but I don't think he's better than Gruden or better than a lot of other guys. He's either even, maybe a little bit better, but he's no Lombardi. He's no Parcells. It, the Raiders don't have, you know, they're, they're, tr- they're going up against Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid. I mean, that, that isn't the Mount Rushmore of NFL coaches. And I, t- I tend to be very positive today from a Raider perspective on what they need to do. Now, for the Raiders, we can talk about this forever on free agency, what they need to do defensively, how they're going to improve, what's Gus Bradley going to do. Yeah, we do that every day. Not today. I don't hear any of that. Today, I just want an all-out assault on Kansas City because they threw this crap at you, the Raider Nation. They mock you. They make fun of you. They think you're trash. They think you're angry, violent fans with an edge to you. They don't like you. So we're going to play fair. We're going to swing back. And the only way I can swing back is not have the ability to say, well, the Raiders are going to be better. No, that's not the case. I can't say, well, the Raiders are. No. All we're going to do is point out their bull crap over the last six to eight months about the GOAT. Mahomes is the GOAT. He's going to win six. How many times did you bleep and turn on the TV and hear ESPN, NFL Network, Fox, CBS talk about the dynasty of Kansas City and how many they'll win and they could win six. And remember, remember what Romo said? And by the way, he had a garbage Super Bowl. Oh, CBS was god awful. I heard from a big-time TV executive today who told me heads are going to roll because of that broadcast. Man, was it a train wreck. And I like a lot of the guys on that broadcast, especially the pregame show. They didn't even know what camera to look at. They didn't even know what promos to read. Oh, my God, that was a mess. Holy crap. The Super Bowl was a mess from a broadcast perspective, your opinion on we, on the weekend, whatever, we'll get to all of that. But I'm, I'm very off script because I don't have a script. I'm just talking off my head right now about what I think is important. And what's important is when you go to the Raider Image store at Allegiant Stadium, or you go on a tour at Allegiant Stadium, or you go on a tailgate at Allegiant Stadium, you look all those Kansas City fans in the face. You look every one of them in the face, and you remind them you're the Raider Nation, and they're not. This Chiefs' kingdom crap has got to stop. And I'm predicting, and I'm not Nostradamus, but I'm predicting due to cap, due to age, due to some of the players leaving for free agency to get more money, that this team is not going to fall apart, but they're going to be lightly picked apart like a vulture hitting a carcass. And they're going to take away some of the players there, and they're not going to be as hard to beat, even though the Raiders should have swept them this past year. Beat them in Kansas City. Put up the blueprint. You're welcome. I had John Gruden on last week to give you the blueprint of how to beat Kansas City, how'd that work out. And then they should have beat them in Las Vegas. They had a lead with 143 to go, and they collapsed on defense, which has to still be fixed. So these are all topics that I'm talking about today. Okay? And I want to hear from people. I want to hear what people have to stay, say about this. And I'm going to take my sweet-ass time doing it. Okay? My name's on the show. I'm going to take my sweet-ass time doing this the right way, my way. He's the chairman of the board of the Raider Nation. Raider Mort begins. Hello, Mort. Hello, JT. Well, I was rooting for the Bucks because of Brady, but I thought the Chiefs, with their
2: fast-break offense, would win just, just, just like they did in week 12, 27 to 14. But Bruce Arians and Bowles, Leftwich, they outcoached Andy Reid, Spagnola, and Biennami in their surprising domination of the Super Bowl champions. Defensively, they paid that four man front with the Triton Milpitas High School, Vita Ve, and then Sue Golson, Pierre Paul, and plus those linebackers, Shaquille Barrett and White. They knocked Mahomes off the spot, which changes the patterns of the wide receivers, they chased him relentlessly. I, I've never seen that. And 48% uh, perc- uh, of his dropbacks, and they sacked him three times, and his escapability was noticeably different, that bad toe. And there's no rhythm and tempo to the o- whole offense. Plus, there's no balance between the run of the pass. People all the time ask me, well, why do you care about uh, the balancing the run of the pass? Because you need to run. And they blew up, and I'd the ball yesterday. Plus, Tampa played, played those safeties so deep. We talked at halftime yesterday. I thought they were in the parking lot, parking cars. They doubled Hill, doubled Kelsey, and that was successful. They let Kelsey go towards the end of the second half. But they played man-to-man on the front line, rushing four, sometimes five. And the back seven played a, a man-to-man under and zone on top and sometime in a brawl. And that just – they couldn't answer the bell to that. They just couldn't figure it out. And here Brady, he was balancing the run of the pass, converted third downs, played from ahead. They got ahead and played from ahead. And we talked yesterday about not trading field goals for touchdowns. That's the difference. And they protected Brady and they opened up running lanes, and then the third and fourth quarters, they dominated possession, and they didn't give the Chiefs an opportunity to come back. Remember, Chiefs had 11 penalties for 120 yards, and their defensive backs were holding all game, bitching and complaining. It was obvious to the officials, they're right in front of them. But the game was won in the trenches, both sides of the ball. Tampa was more physical, more confident, and it showed, J G.
1: Thank you, Mort. Always great analysis from the chairman of the board who is in the NFL Hall of Fame. And we uh, congratulate Violator, who's in the NFL Hall of Fame. So, again, I got to get my throat going, my voice going after a big four-hour show. After last night, I apologize for that. We appreciate Mort jumping in. Let's keep it going with Stoner Dude. Stoner Dude, how do you feel about the Chiefs' embarrassing loss in the Super Bowl?
3: You know I love it when the Chiefs lose. In the great words of the great Phil Villapiano, I hate the and Chiefs. But you know what, uh, JT, I called last week. You were looking for predictions. I didn't have a score for you. But to me, the difference was always going to be the defense. I know Tom Brady's going to get all the accolades, and they pounded the rock. They did time of possession. But the defense, JT, three, they held the Chiefs to three field goals, zero touchdowns zero points in the fourth quarter, and two interceptions for Patrick Mahomes. But you know what, JT, for me, even though it was the Chiefs-Bucks weekend, for me, it was a Raider weekend. After the 30-for-30 was Dal Davis uh, versus the NFL, which was awesome, and then, of course, the, the trifecta. We got Charles Woodson, Coach Flores, and the Violator in the Hall of Fame. I know you uh, celebrated with your tall cans, JT. I celebrated my way. I love it, man. We're on the clock for 2021. Let's do it. Let's get this defense going. Raiders.
1: Yes, thank you, Stoner. I do appreciate it. And, you know, the Hall of Fame and what happened with Coach Flores on Saturday when I got the win that he was getting in, and Charles was a lock to be a first ballot. Charles was a lock. And then to hear Violator got in with two others, I felt he was a lock for everything he's done. But you never know. I mean, I, I still, there's a level of bitterness that I have about Tom Flores having to wait this long. And the fact that he had to wait this long, really, really something that we all struggled with for the last 15 to 20 years. Tom Flores should have been going to dinners for 20 years as a Hall of Famer. Should have been going back to Canton, Ohio with a gold coat, signing autographs in between Jim Brown and Joe Montana, Troy Aikman, and all these other coaches. And the fact that he wasn't, he was able to hold on on and wait and have this great moment. So to Mrs. Flores, Tom Flores, all his kids, his grandkids, what an amazing celebration. What an incredible celebration for them to have that experience. Really excited. Steve in Kansas. Steve, how are you? JT, go ahead. Appreciate you calling. JT the prick. Uh, There's another guy. who uh, another see, I told you the Kansas City fans were coming. There they are. So there we go. I did my job. I did my job. Someday I'll have a round of applause for me, and we will uh, we'll give me credit on that. When we come back, Kenny King joins us, a former two-time Super Bowl champion, the running back out of Oklahoma, and what it was like to win the Super Bowls that he was in and score one of the greatest Super Bowl touchdowns of all time. Courtesy of Jim Plunkett, great route running, and a man who had a nose for the end zone. We're celebrating Kansas City's loss in Super Bowl 55. Knock on wood if you're with me. Brought to you by P.T.'s, the best happy hour in town.
0: My feeling, it happened. It finally has happened. I've worked hard for it. I did not campaign it for it because uh, you know it's something you don't campaign for you let other people do it you let other people bring up what your uh, what your accomplishment accomplishments have been and i just said let you know my record uh stands for itself and hopefully it'll be good enough for the voters to to grant me my my last dream and uh, and vote me into the hall of fame so i could be there with all my friends Love
1: Yeah, how about that? Coach Flores at Raiders.com. Eddie Pascal put together a great interview. Everybody there that got Coach Flores and his reaction. Fantastic. A highlight for all of us. Anyone in the Raider Nation, you knew how big this hurdle was for Tom Flores and the fact that he's able to celebrate, as he said, with his friends when he gets to go back to Canton, Ohio. is going to be something special. Kenny King, the two-time Super Bowl champ, will be there. That's his coach, who's now a Hall of Famer. Kenny, so great to talk to you again. Let's jump right in with Coach Flores when you got the news and how great you felt. You know,
0: JT, it was such a wonderful blessing. I mean, it's, it's, it's long overdue, and, you know, the, all the accolades, all the things that Tom Flores has brought to this organization, to this league, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's finally he's finally being recognized. But you know what? It's better late than never. Uh, but I mean, you know, cause we still, you know, we still got Cliff and we got some other players, but you know what? I'm, I'm really happy right now. I'm happy, very, I'm happy for coaching. I'm happy for the organization.
1: Kenny King joins us. Yeah, Kenny, it's interesting to me. Cause we'll get to Cliff and the judge Lester Hayes and Jim Plunkett who threw you that legendary 80 yard touchdown <laughs> in Super Bowl 15. But I like what you said. It, it's calming. Better late than never. You've had an unbelievable yeah. life, and it's still going strong for a long, long time. And it's, sometimes you have to wait, even if there's an injustice for it to be righted. And I just think there were millions of people, not thousands, millions of people, waiting on this news for, for Clo- Coach Flores. They were all invested in this decision. You know, it, you, you're, you're absolutely, you absolutely, absolutely right. I mean.
0: Because because you know you look at you look at what Coach Flores brings to the National Football League. I mean, the first Hispanic, the first you know first assistant coach, first head coach, first player. I mean, all the things that he's done, and it's not just it's not just for us. You know, the city of Oakland. It's not just for Las Vegas. It's not just for the Raider family. It's it's for it's, it's for America. You know, and I think that you know we're in a part we're in a part in our life right now. Uh, where well, we're needing some healing. And, and this is, this was a, this was a huge healing for me because I remember being at Coach's uh, 75th birthday party out in Reno. And he says, and I said, Coach, this is a really nice party. He says, ah, this ain't going nothing. Wait going to go into the hall. I'm like, I'm ready to go, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really those Super Bowl parties, and you've been to them, and you've been to Hall of Fame parties. There's just something different, and I want to segue to your career. Coming out of Oklahoma and who you played for in Barry Switzer and with Barry Sims and the accolades you got in college, you end up going to Houston in 79. But I want to talk about the move. With Mr. Davis to come to the Raiders. What an arc in your life! If that doesn't happen, you're still the great Kenny King, and I'm sure you have a great career. But it's not as no. famed as playing for the Oakland and L.A. Raiders. Tell me, tell us how that deal happened and how you moved from Houston to the Raiders.
0: Well, you know, it was the last day. It was the last day of the uh, of the NFL draft in 1980, and I got a phone call from uh, bu- uh, from Bum uh, Bum Phillips head coach at Oak, you know, and he, and he was telling me, say, Hey, things happen in life. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Hey, you know, what are you talking about? He said, we just traded you. So when I, when I, you know, I'm running up and down the, you know, stairs because I'm found out I just got traded to the Oakland Raiders. This is going to give me an opportunity to showcase my talent. I, and I thought, you know, this is, this is a perfect opportunity for me, but Mr. Davis made the call. He made the move. Um, I got, I you know I was out of Houston in 72 hours uh, on my way to Oakland trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing and find you know and and what you know what's all this about and once I got to Oakland you know I JT I, I had never I didn't meet Al I didn't meet Mr Davis until training camp now I was in Oakland from July I got to Oakland no I take that back I got to Oakland in, in uh, uh May so I stayed at the Oakland uh, Hagenburger. Uh, the Hilton, the Hyatt, or whatever the thing was. You yeah,
1: have a Hilton.
0: Uh yeah. I I stayed I stayed there for like three months learning the offense before going to training camp because I felt like this is going to give me. You know, this is probably my last shot because I was seriously contemplating leaving football and going into the oil industry. And when I got the trade, when I got the you know the call from the trade, for, you know, telling me that I was coming to Oakland, I felt like this was going to resurrect my you know resurrect my career. And you know what it definitely did everything that um I could imagine happened uh you know a, you know and, and 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 that one move and, and Mr. Davis made it very clear when I first met him he says when i when i first when I first saw you play it was it was your senior year you went you went there you split the secondary uh to see you, and he says when I saw that, I knew I had to have you." <laughs>
1: Incredible. Mr. Davis's eye and the way he was able to look back and remember plays from high school to college. And those plays always come back to be the arc of this story about how Mr. Davis found the majority of his players. It truly is incredible. Kenny King's our guest. So you come to the Raiders. When I was on that Super Bowl 15 Zoom with you and you were talking with your teammates about this. Take me through the point in that season where it looked like the season was getting away from you. That speech, we, the ha- what happened, and you guys knew that you had to turn the season around in the regular season if you're going to have any shot to be a Super Bowl team or a playoff team. You know what, JT?
0: When we had that meeting, that was that was a turning point in our life. I mean, and that meeting, I had never, you know, I I had been involved in, in a call in a call somewhat like that at Oklahoma, but nothing to this mag- magnitude when. When, we, um, when the meeting was called, everybody had a chance to speak. Nobody, you know, if you're a rookie, if you, you know, if you don't think that you deserve to speak, everybody had a chance to speak. So if you didn't speak, that's on you. So there was a lot of things said. There was a lot of po- fingers got pointed. But then there was a lot of comments that got taken out of context. And you knew that something was going to happen. And when we left that meeting the next day, there was one player that wasn't there with us that next day. And, you know, you knew that this is this is a future Hall of Famer. And he's not here with us. There's a reason for that. So we moved forward. We we realized where we were going, what direction we were, you know, going in. And it just so happened that when Dante, you know, broke his leg against Kansas City, and and Jim came in and, you know, kind of just resurrected his season. It was just like Jim finally, you know, hey, look, you know, here's that opportunity. I don't know if I'm going to ever get it again. If I don't do it now, it's not going to happen. And, you know what, it's just everybody starts clicking around each other. We believed in each other. Every week we fought, you know, we fought our offense fought for defense, defense fought for offense. There was times when Ted Hendricks would come up to us and tell us, hey, Guys, we playing San Diego. He says, just, "Just keep us in the ball game. You know what? We'll pull it out. That's it. We'll pull it out at the end. You know, and that's and that's so real because when we played San Diego's, it was who had the ball last.
1: Yeah, it wasn't just a
0: runaway. Just a run We just ran away with it. So, um, it, it, you know, it, this organization, this organization means so much to. A lot of people. I live in I live in Fort Worth, Texas now, but you know what? There's a lot of Raider fans here in the Fort Worth area. There's a mm-hmm. lot of Raider support that's here in you know in this area, because it's it's about it's it's that silver and black. You know, now I got my I got my little Las Vegas Raiders football hat on. I'm going you know mm-hmm. going uh, running some errands today, and I'm walking around town, and people just looks at you like, and all they all they can do is nod their head.
1: I love it. Kenny King joins us. So walk us through the route on your legendary player, your life and career—the 80-yard touchdown reception in Super Bowl 15. Walk me through the huddle. You break the huddle, and what happens on that play?
0: Uh, Simple. I mean, I'm running a simple little flat pattern. I'm like the you know third tertiary, the uh, player. Uh, play is you know is play action is going is mainly going to Bobby Chandler coming across over the you know in the corner. Um, what all of a sudden, it was a breakdown. Carl Harrison was chasing jim uh, j- uh jerry uh Jerry uh, Robinson, who was covering me at the time. He took two steps forward. Herman took two steps forward. I just kind of took a step back, and then the next thing you know, there's a little lob over the over the top of both of their heads, and it was right into my hands on the sideline, and it's like at that point j t there's no way in hell I could <laughs> Uh, I I could drop that football you kill know, in front of in front of the Oakland Raiders football team and not be able to run eighty yards, but you know it it it, it finalized in, into a you know into a a, a score and it, it it was a you know a long run for the longest run and you know reception in Super Bowl history and you know Jay you know uh, Plunk and I always talk about that you know it's just like you know how you know he told me he says I I wasn't going to throw it to you but I thought that you know you just you just might be rejuvenating it and catch the ball.
1: <laughs> nice, nice of Jim Plunkett, Kenny King. Hey, Kenny. Yeah. Lastly, I, I, you saw the Al Davis thirty for thirty, right? I'm sure you watched that. And hey, when you looked I at the, it. oh, you missed it. Okay, when you get a chance to see it, go see it. The locker room, I'm, the locker room presentations with Pete Rosell and Al Davis and the tension coming in to start those celebrations, and then you guys all pipe yeah. up and win and. All that, all that, that moment when Al Davis gets the Lombardi Trophy and looks to you. Let's wrap up with that. What was that experience like, being at two trophy presentations inside the locker room with Roselle and Davis?
0: You know, I knew that it was going to be, it was going to be exciting once we won the Super Bowl fifteen, because that fight had been going on for the whole year, entire year. Uh, going getting into that game, and then we were able to give Mr. Davis opportunity to have the last word by saying, "Hey, you are the greatest of all time." But to be, you know, be to have the opportunity to play in two two World Championships with the Raider organization, and to be able to say that I'm a two-time World Champion, it's a, it's an incredible. You know, I mean, there's a lot. You know, you got your Brady's has got his six, but you know what? Two with the Raiders is such is such a tremendous honor and I'm, I'm 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 thankful that i'm a part of that organization and want, like you say once a raider always a raider
1: well kenny i'll tell you we'll always be tied you me reggie kinlaw and my wife because we were at the napa marriott and my son already got accepted to go to oklahoma and you guys were out front waiting for the bus and we talked about that now yeah he's a sophomore at oklahoma he's doing great he's on campus he watched the super bowl there and it's a great home for him. It's and hopefully this pandemic ends so I could get a couple of years of drinking some beer with him in college and getting out there and I wanna go I wanna to go to Boomer sooner Sooner football games the rest of uh his college run, so I hope to see you down there.
0: I, I, I look forward to you and I'm sure Reggie Reggie's looks the same.
1: Thank you, Kenny. Take care. Kenny I, King. There he is, the uh, former running back of the Raiders. Two-time Super Bowl champ, once a Raider, always a Raider. We always have a Raider alumni uh, locked up for Monday and Wednesday thanks to the Raiders alumni department, and they come through for us. And I was excited we could get Kenny there. So back to what I was talking about with Kansas City losing and the the talk of that dynasty being dead. When we come back, your phone call, 702-365-9200. What was the key to you in Kansas City's loss, and what does it mean if you want to tie it into the Raiders. And also, when we come back, I will point to every team, every team that didn't try to hire Tom Brady as their quarterback. They all made a huge mistake, and they should all know it right here on Raider Nation Radio.
4: Well, I think they're all special, and they're all, uh, it's been an amazing year. Amazing year. We got to a good start, 7-2, and two, and then had a little rough stretch where we kind of found our identity and um, played a lot better football down last December, January, and um, just really proud of all the guys, proud of all the uh, coaches, the effort we put in. Um, we knew we were playing a great football team tonight, and we got the job done.
1: That's Tom Brady, the MVP of the Super Bowl. He wins his seventh. He's the greatest football player of all time. There'll never, ever be an argument again. There could have been an argument. There could have been an argument if Mahomes beat him to go 2-0 and in the Super Bowl, and then Mahomes goes on to win 6 or 7. That argument is dead. The argument's dead because in order for that to happen, Brady will be comfortably in his 50s, in his mid-50s, and Mahomes, as he's wrapping up his career, will not accomplish that. So it's over. And that's been the theme of the show today, that it's over, For the Chiefs' dynasty talk, for now, for now, it's over. So whatever they want to do in Kansas City on local sports radio, they can go ahead and do that. They could spin it any way they want. I want to get to Tom Brady momentarily. Every team that could have gotten Tom Brady or looked at him failed. Now, let's start with the Raiders. I I never thought that the Raiders were going to get Tom Brady because I didn't believe that Tom Brady would be interested in the Raiders. He'd be interested in Rudin. But he wouldn't be interested in that defense. So I believe, this is just my understanding, because Tom Brady was not offered an opportunity in Vegas. I don't think he would have took the offer because he didn't want to come to the Raiders. They weren't good enough. The defense was not good enough for Brady. Brady, very calculated, picked Tampa Bay because he saw all the weapons. But the Raiders have all those weapons. So follow me here. You, you You look at Godwin, Evans. Gronk wasn't there when he made the decision. No way. He was not there. And some of the people that came in late, the offense for the Raiders with Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Renfro, Ruggs in the draft, and Darren Waller, pretty good for Brady to look at and say, I'll play for the Raiders. But the defense wasn't good enough. So I never thought the Raiders had a chance. Plus, I've always been pro-Derek Carr that Carr's not the problem. It's the defense. So where else could a Brady have went to? The big answer to me is San Francisco. He could have went to San Francisco and said, I want to end my career. I want to end my career now where Joe Montana started, and he's a big Joe Montana fan. And, and San Francisco could have blew out the deck chairs and got him. Said Could have said, could have got rid of Garoppolo, could have moved pieces. He's a free agent. Brady was a free agent. They could have made it happen. Then you look at Denver. Oh, my God, Raider Nation. How lucky are you for that? How did he not end up in Denver. I don't think you wanted to go to Denver because Peyton Manning already had a legacy there of winning a Super Bowl. He played in two. No upside for Brady, but Brady would have been perfect in Denver. You put Brady in Denver with that defense? No doubt Denver goes to the playoffs, and Brady won the Super Bowl as a wild card. Then you look at the Titans, a couple of other teams that were kind of kicking the tires, talking about potentially doing it. So for every NFL executive that did not Talk to Brady about coming to their team if they had availability. They need to be called out on it because Brady won the Super Bowl. And it's probably the best free agent signing in sports history. There's been great free agent signings that have won championships, NBA, baseball. Look at Mookie Betts, right? Mookie Betts is a Dodger. Great signing by the Dodgers, but nothing close to this. Nothing close to a 43-year-old winning a Super Bowl on his home field. So we want to hear from a lot of Raider fans today. Want to hear from a lot of Raider fans in the offseason. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. How much satisfaction do you get from Kansas City losing? Or were there some people that really wanted Brady to lose? I think the majority of the Raider Nation was rooting against Kansas City, and Kansas City got humiliated yesterday. Maui Raider out in Hawaii. Thanks for calling. What do you got?
4: Hey, I'm going to just mirror what you just said, JT. Um, I'm not a Brady fan, but I am an anti-Chiefs fan. And the fact that I had to root for Brady yesterday wasn't fun. But I'm telling you, at the same time, it was great to see that team shut down the Chiefs, hold them to the three field goals. They could have even laid an egg there at that last possession and let them in the end zone, take the ball, take a knee. But they kept fighting. Their linebackers stood up showed up and held the Chiefs to three field goals. It's a great day to be a Raider fan because that dynasty talk goes away. But I'm encouraged by the fact that I hope that the team sees that Derek Carr is not the issue. Go out and get some talent. Do whatever it takes to get talent on that team right away, and we become a, con- a contenders. And we can fight for the AFC West with talent. That's all we need, boss. And I think we go from there. And, of course, yeah, Bra- the- Gus Bradley come in and influence in the defense as well. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited that Chiefs didn't win. I can't even tell you, bro.
1: Yeah, thanks for the call. And uh, wish I was out in Maui with you. Wife and I are talking about a nice little shutdown trip to Hawaii. It would be good to get out there. We need to keep crushing the virus. Uh, one other big thing about Gus Bradley, John Gruden told me last week when he named all the other coaches that are coming along with Gus Bradley, They are doing a complete rebuild of the secondary from a coach's perspective. So from a coach's perspective, we're seeing a complete rebuild with the Las Vegas Raiders secondary. And if you saw Tampa Bay, and I said this throughout the game last night, Tampa Bay's defense is exactly what the Raiders need to have. That's the defense. Now look at what they had. They drafted well. They have unbelievable linebackers. For whatever reason, the Raiders can't trip over a linebacker. They can't. And I know they're trying. So I'm not highly critical of Mike Mayock for bringing in Littleton, and Littleton didn't play well, right? I'm not highly critical of them bringing in Nick Kwiatkowski, who I think is a decent player. But it's not what we're seeing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Raiders had an opportunity to get pretty good linebackers, and they chose not to when it came to free agency and the draft. I think that's been a mistake, and I've been clear about that, for quite some time here on the flagship. I think that the Raiders have missed and whiffed many times when it comes to the linebacker position, which is critical in football because a linebacker has to get physical with the tight end, and a linebacker has to be able to cover the pass along with tackling in space. Have I mentioned a Raider able to do that since you've been here? I mean, Nicholas Morrow, that's the guy you're pointing out to, which is nice. But he doesn't play at the level of what Tampa Bay has and Devin White and Levante David and Shaq Barrett. I mean, those guys are elite. So knowing that, knowing that the Raiders have to go get some linebackers in free agency or the draft. They need a linebacker who can play at a high level and slow down Kelsey. God, we've talked about that for years on this show. Months on this show since we launched this flagship on how the hell is Kelsey going to be guarded. Well, you saw how they guarded him in the Super Bowl. They got physical with him at the line of scrimmage. They double teamed him and Tyreek Hill, and they made the other guys try to make plays, and they weren't able to do it. And that offensive line, the reason why Kansas City got humiliated in the Super Bowl was the offensive line. They had four backups. So assuming that Kansas City is going to upgrade that offensive line and get players back, which is true, they will. They'll be a better team. But their offensive line was not very good. And that's why Tampa Bay was able to rush forward with Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican and Sue. Shaq Barrett coming off the edge as an edge rusher. And they played an unbelievable game. So Kansas City got blown out in the Super Bowl. That, to me, on a scale of 1 to 10 is a 12. That's the best news for the Raiders in that division. You could say, hey, JT, it's not. Kansas City's going to come back hungrier than ever. Yeah, everybody's hungry. Everybody's hungry in the NFL. Problem is that Kansas City... There should now start to be a deterioration in free agency and some of the players that they have leaving and the age of some of those players. Mahomes is still great, and he wasn't even healthy with his toe in the Super Bowl. I spoke to Eric Allen. Eric Allen from last night, he was unbelievable. He came on with me. We'll play that. And also the Buccaneers' sideline reporter, TJ Reeves. And let's keep your Raider Nation Super Bowl calls coming in. Brought to you by Remy Martin, Team for Excellence, 702-365-9200, Remy Martin.